Hey, good morning, everybody. What an awesome group that's here live and here online virtually as well. Uh, let me hear you answer this question, those of you here on campus. When you get to know someone, what is the first thing you will tell someone about yourself usually? Anybody know? Hey, I heard it right down front here. Your name usually, right? I don't usually walk up and say, hello, my deepest fear is bats. You know, I usually don't start off with that information. I keep that a little bit under the rocks of my soul until they get to know me better. But uh, usually we will say, hello, my name is Bill. What's your name? It's one of the first things we learn about each other. So that's why today we've been in this God series together. That's why today we're going to answer this question. What is God's name? Now, for some of you who may have known the Bible for a long time and been in church a long time, you may be like, oh, I know how this normally rolls because there's like a bunch of names for God and Jesus in the Bible. Maybe we're going to talk about all those. I'm going to maybe surprise you a little bit today. We're only going to talk about one name really today, and it's a big one, and it's an awesome one. Uh, but for others, you may be like, wait, I thought God's name was God. <laughs> like, what is God's name? It'd be like, hey, we're going to answer this question. What is Bill's name? Well, his name is Bill. Let's just go eat Skyline now. We know the answer, right? Oh, it's not that simple. In fact, what I would say to you to, to say, well, God's name is God would be like saying Tim Blake's name is human. Like, hey, human, good job leading us in worship today, human. He would think that's weird. So don't call him human. Call him Tim, okay? So God is a very general term. But he wants to get really specific with us. He wants to get really personal with us. He wants you to know who he is. So today what I want us to do is basically eavesdrop on a conversation that the Bible allows us to eavesdrop on. See, God had a very intimate friendship with a guy in the Bible named Moses. You may have heard of him. And we hear a lot about Moses in the book of Exodus, the second book of the Bible. And in Exodus 33, it describes how God would literally meet with Moses in a tent. And they would talk and have conversations. But he never saw the fullness of God. Never saw his face. So in one of those conversations in Exodus 33, Moses says these words to God. Show me your glory. And what God said is, okay, meet me on the mountain. He named a specific mountain, Mount Sinai, and that's what Moses did. He went up on the mountain, and this is what happens next. It's absolutely jarring what Moses got to experience on that mountain. Exodus 34, 5 says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed to the ground at once, and worshiped. So, what's his name? Now we see the words the Lord several times in that passage. However, in that English translation, 
That's not exactly what his name is. We're going to tell you why in just a moment. His name that is given right there, and originally the, the, the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, his name is four letters in the ancient Hebrew language. Yod, He, Vav, He. Those are the four Hebrew letters. They look like Y-H-W-H. That's his name. He proclaimed it to Moses on Mount Sinai. He said, here's my name. My name is this. You want to see what it looks like in Hebrew? It's kind of cool. Here's what it looks like in Hebrew. And in Hebrew, you read from right to left. Crazy, right? So the first letter of God's name is on the right. A little, a little apostrophe looking. That's Yod, and it's He, Vav, He. Now, back many years ago when this happened, and the scribes began to write down what happened between God and Moses on that mountain, they also understood that ultimately God had given some commandments. And one of those was don't misuse the name of God. So the ancient Hebrews were so afraid to misuse his name that they actually never spoke this word. Never spoke it. And so centuries later, in fact, in the 6th century, a group of people called the Masoretes came along, and they understood. Now, here's what you need to know. The Hebrew language, ancient Hebrew, they had no vowels, only consonants. That's why this was declared the name of God. But this group of Masoretes said, you know, as time passes, some of the lesser used words are not going to be understood how to pronounce. Because unless people have that oral history of hearing the name said, hearing these words spoken, they're not going to know how to say them. So the Masoretes came along and added these little dots and lines around the consonants. They represented vowel sounds. And this is what the Masoretes added to yod He vav He. But even they were guessing. Based on all their knowledge of the language, they were guessing because that name had not been spoken. The ancient Hebrews saw God as so holy and so amazing and so awesome, and they feared Him so much they didn't want to misuse His name, so they never spoke it. But based on all the work for many centuries of the Masoretes and scholars, we believe we have a really strong guess of how to pronounce this name that God spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. His name is Yahweh. Yahweh. Maybe you've heard that before. You hear it more and more. There's songs, uh, worship songs written with this name in it. And now you're saying, but wait a minute, my Bible says the Lord. That does not sound like Yahweh. Why didn't they put Yahweh in there? Well, the reason for that is, is again, going back to the ancient Hebrew people, again, they didn't want to misuse the name of God, so they replaced this name with another word, Adonai. And the word Adonai means the Lord. So when you see the Lord in the Old Testament, there's a good chance that what's written in the Hebrew is actually Yahweh. But the scribes who did not want to misuse his name, and they were so afraid to misuse the name, they replaced it with this. Now, I'm not saying you should not call God God, and you should not call God the Lord. But I just want you to know and understand that God was getting really personal and really specific here. And the only downside to in my, in my mind of calling him the Lord is the Lord in modern American lingo sounds like a title. It's almost like calling God the supervisor. <laughs> that doesn't sound very personal, does it? And that was not God's intent when he met with Moses on the mountain. 
He didn't want to give him his title. He literally wanted to give him his actual name. His name is Yahweh. His name actually means I am. And what's really cool is if we were to be able to truly use the ancient Hebrew language and speak his name and hear his name spoken to us, when God says it, it says I am. But when we say it, it actually means he is. That's how cool the Hebrew language was back in those days. Why is this important? (laughs) It's cool, trivia, right? In case you're ever on Jeopardy, now you know. It's deeper than that. God wants you to know him. He wants you to know him, and he wants you to know what sets him apart from all other gods. Now, there's another thing that's unique to modern American society and culture. All other gods, little g. We don't really talk a whole lot about that. But that's what God was trying to get at when he was talking to Moses on that mountain. He wanted him to not only know his name, he wanted him to know what specifically sets him apart from any other God that would exist. Looking back at that passage, it says, The Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name. His name is Yahweh. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, Yahweh, Yahweh, I am the compassionate and gracious God. You know, I'm that God that is compassionate. I am that God, that one God that is gracious. I am that God that is slow to anger. I am that God that is abounding in love. I am that God that is faithful. See, God wants you to know him and what sets him apart from other gods. And this is what's interesting because if this is true, if what God is saying is true and real, then we have to understand that there is another force in the world that is not like him. There's other spiritual forces at work in the world, and they are not Yahweh. And the way they might be best described based by this passage is they are lacking compassion. They are not gracious. They are quick to anger. They are hateful, faithless, and unjust. These other gods So here's a couple of things I think we tend to do in our modern American culture. Two things, overgeneralizing God and overfictionalizing gods. By overgeneralizing God, and I see this all the time, as time passes in America, I hear more and more people say, well, I I think there is a God. And I don't think we can know a whole lot about him I believe there is one. There is, he's there. And we leave everything else about God open to discovery, open to interpretation, lacking specificity. There's a God. The danger in just settling for that, guys, is when we overgeneralize God, you know what we can do? We can shape him into our image. We can shape him into what we want him to be. And that's a dangerous thing. I'm not going to do that to you. (laughs) You're not going to do that to me. You are who you are. I am who I am. Why would we do that to God? He is who he is, Yahweh. We have to watch that. That's a dangerous thing. When we overgeneralize God, that's what we can do. We can shape him and do however we want him to be. We get to control the narrative. (laughs) In essence, we get to be God. And shape him into our image. But the other danger is we over-fictionalize gods. 
I've always been of the belief that there are no other gods. They're fake. They're false. That's true. But I believe the reason we see all through the Old Testament, God keeping on saying, I am above those other gods. I'm a God above gods is because there was a lot of God worshiping in those ancient days. We don't hear as much about it today, but it's happening today too. And we may want to say, well, those aren't real. What I want to say is there really is an enemy. We even sang songs about this enemy today, how he is defeated and how God is over and above the enemy. But we must not forget that because when we over-fictionalize that and say, well, there's no other like, there's no, there's no other force in the world. There's no other, there's not an evil enemy. There's not these, there's no other gods clamoring for our worship and clamoring for our allegiance. That, that doesn't exist. When we do that, the danger is then, <laughs> you, you, the enemy is kind of now under cloak. <laughs> he's flying under the radar, right? We don't believe he's real. We don't even know that he has a playbook. And the truth is, is this world in which we live, it has evil. I, I like Ephesians 6.12, what it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, this sermon just got a little creepy, right? But it's real. There really is an enemy. There are lots of spiritual entities that exist. They want to tempt you. They want to leave you in a place of depression and anxiety. They want you to be paralyzed by fear. And they want you to be in allegiance to them instead. They want you to be addicted and mastered by substance. They, they want you to lust. <laughs> they want you to cheat. They want you to be lazy. They want you to do Go against how God made you. They want you to think that there is a higher calling in your life. They want you to think that there's a divine purpose in your life. They want you to believe that there's a place called heaven. They don't want you to believe that there's a Holy Spirit that wants to take up residence within you and cause you to live in strength and in power and in love. They don't want you to think that you can climb out of the hole that you may feel like you're in today. I don't want you to think that. That's the evil forces. Those are the gods, little g, that exist in the world. And see, what God is wanting to do with you today is he wants to invite you up onto a mountain, the mountain of your circumstances, the mountain of this pandemic, the mountain of the weirdness of how school is starting or is it even really starting, the mountain of everything that's on your heart and mind today. He says, come up on this mountain. My name is Yahweh. And I want you to know right here and right now that I am the compassionate and gracious God. I am slow to anger. And I forgive sin. And I am faithful. And I am just. I am your God. And if you keep reading my words to you, you'll find that I put on human flesh and I dwelt among you and I submitted myself to death, even death on a cross so that whosoever would believe in me will never die but will live forever with me in a place called heaven where there is no more death, no more sorrow, no more dying, no more pain. 
And until that day comes, I will be your shepherd. I will walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And you'll have no reason to fear. And I will produce in your life fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You will live by my power and by my might. And nothing can defeat you. My name is Yahweh. Will you put your hand in mine? That's what God is saying to us today. So your next step that I invite you to take with him today is to make Yahweh your God above all other gods. I don't know what other gods are clamoring for your allegiance right now. Some people say whatever occupies most of your thoughts and your energies might actually be the God you're worshiping. That's a scary question to answer. But I'm telling you right now, this God named Yahweh, he loves you so much. And as we said at the beginning of this series, it says in Acts 17, 27, he is near every one of us. If we would just feel our way towards him, he is right there. And if you're here today, if you're watching and listening today, if you're in this room today, and you feel like you're not with God right now, he is right there. Hand outstretched, telling you his name and saying, come, let me be your God starting today. If you want to do that, just tell him. I'm going to pray in a moment. You tell him, God, today, I'm making you my God. I will worship you and you alone, and I will live for you. I will respond like Moses did on that mountain. I will worship you and you alone, starting right now. Will you choose that today? Let's pray. Oh, Father, oh, God, oh, Yahweh, our Lord, We come before you recognizing that there is evil in the world, disease, division, anger. There's so much around us that is so not you, God. And it's easy to forget that you are above all of that, that you've defeated all of that. You are Yahweh. And you've spoken to us your name today. And Father, I pray that right now in this very moment, for everyone in this room, for those watching and listening right now, if they've never made that choice to worship you of all other gods, may they call upon your name and say right now, God, Yahweh, Lord, I choose right now to believe in you and to worship you. Please forgive me of my sins walk with me the rest of my life. Oh, Father, that prayer is an amazing prayer because you say that whoever calls on your name will be saved. And I pray that those who have prayed that prayer will know right here, right now, you've got them and you will never let them go starting today. Thank you, Father. We pray it all in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you took a step of faith just now. Maybe you got more questions. Let us know. Text the word CONNECT to our number, 859-356-3162. And it begins a conversation completely confidential. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to hear from you and know just what's going on in your life, how we can pray for you. So begin that conversation with us today. 
And keep, keep worshiping with us. We live in some unique times right now. I'm super excited that God has opened up a door for us to minister uh, to, to folks in this community who need remote learning. That's going to be happening on this campus a week from tomorrow. If you want to volunteer for that, let us know. We need people to help us do that ministry. I'm excited about it. But in addition to that, no matter where you are, what you do, this week, as we leave this place, let's go be like Yahweh. Let's be compassionate and gracious and forgiving. Because right now, if we be like that, the world's going to take notice because we're not seeing a whole lot of that right now. All right? And next week, we're going to answer a new question. What does God look like is what we're going to answer that question. Interesting. What does he look like? And we're going to talk about the creepy part of that passage that we just read. Did you hear the part where it says, and I will punish the sin of the children and their children for fourth and gender? That, that sounded mean, didn't it? Didn't fit the other stuff. Well, we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to see what God looks like together. So make sure you come on back, all right? God bless you guys. Let's worship him and let's be like him this week.